Happy Friday, Bills Mafia. Welcome to another episode of the Friday Night Forecast. I am your host, Travis Blakesley. As always, I got my co-hosts, starting with Alto Sax himself, Mr. Herm. How you doing? I'm great tonight. How are you guys doing? Very well, very well. You getting ready for that fall cleanup? Yeah, you can tell you. You've gone by my house. <laughs> I need, I need <laughs> well, it badly. Yeah, well, I don't know about you, but I have like a hundred oaks in my tree and or in my 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 property, and it's just raining acorns and leaves all day. All day. It's all that day. time of year, right? <laughs> yeah, some start earlier than others. Also, I got my or our neighbor from the north, Mr. Evan Zinger. How you doing? I am fantastic. I hope you two are great as well. It's good. It's good. Is it snowing up there yet? No. It's not even October yet. Come on. <laughs> Maybe yeah. in like none of it, like really far up north, but not here. Not yet. No. no I'm just playing. Uh, for the uninitiated here on the Friday Night Forecast, we give you our takes, our predictions, our outlooks for the upcoming game each and every week. But it's not only about us and what we think. We also want to hear what you guys think. So if you have any takes, predictions, stat lines, anything like that, drop in the comments below. We'll get to them later. Uh, we'll read them on air and let you know what we think about it. As always, like, subscribe, share. Also, I wanted to mention, uh, if you can't catch the show every week or you're like me, you're on the road a lot, and you need something to listen to, check us out on every uh, major podcast audio feed, uh, and you'll be able to check in whenever you like. So find us at the Cold Front Report. You can find us and every other podcast. Uh, guys, we uh, had a 35 nothing drumming of the Miami Dolphins. We squished the fish. Now, Herm, I know this probably means a lot to you as you are a little bit older than us, um, just tell everybody what it means for the older crowd and why it resonates uh, regarding the Miami Dolphins. It resonates well because there was a period when the Dolphins beat us for about 10 years in a row, if I'm remembering correctly, and we returned the favor during our run in the 90s, but uh, Miami's been a, a, a rival of, of Buffalo from the AFL days when they came in a little bit later, we were one of the original teams, but they going back to when they, they've won Super Bowls, And of course we're waiting for our first one, which I think maybe this year will be the year, but there's been a, a bit of rivalry between Miami and ourselves. Uh, we can go back to when Buffalo had OJ, the chant in the stadium was Miami's got the oranges, but Buffalo has the juice. So, just to give you a little, a little bit of feedback. So it's always good to beat the 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 dolphins or the fish, the fins, or however you want to call it. Bring them back, Halloween. Let's do it again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a great performance, specifically uh, defensively, uh, and that's where we'll start. You know, we'll, before we jump into next week's game, figure we just go over our thoughts previously. Uh, what a what a defensive. Um, game all around uh what are some things that stuck out to you evan regarding uh the defense whether it be scheme or just overall play uh well the one player i really want to talk about is um 
AJ Epinesa, and I know a lot of people have been talking him throughout the week. Um, but one of the things that I, I noticed when I was uh, I was when I was watching it, the thought happened when I was watching some more film, um, even though it didn't directly relate to the film. But uh, I recall uh, when he was drafted, um, it was the same year Miami's left tackle Austin Jackson was drafted out of, out of US, USC, and uh, to point to his like good tape in um, college a lot of people pointed to Epinesa's game against Jackson and that was one of the games where he just absolutely destroyed so the fact that he did the same thing again uh, in what I would say like was his first like or like his second like real like start I guess um, really says a lot Uh, it shows that some things just they will translate from college to the NFL and uh, I think that what the <laughs> I'm following baseball right now on my other screen, so I'm sorry if I accidentally say Jays a couple times. <laughs> I was about to say the Jays. Um, what the I'm sure the Bills really appreciate is that he had such an awful combine because I think uh, otherwise, uh, by terms of like football skills and talent, he's an easy he was an easy first rounder. But it was the combine that honestly might have been one of the worst that I've ever seen. So that probably dropped him all the way to the late second where the bills were able to pick him up. And, um, you know, looking back on the way they drafted last draft and then looking at Epinesa who they picked the draft before it's like polar opposites, right? Like all the guys they drafted this year were like combine studs or had like super athletic traits when Epinesa wasn't much of that. So I really liked uh, how he was able to use his strength and as well as his technique in this game uh, to win. And he was able to set up other guys like Rousseau uh, and Zimmer to just finish the plays, even though he himself didn't get a sack. I think he finished with, I want to say eight pressures or nine pressures, maybe. Yeah, I believe which it was, was which was tied for the most of the week, I believe. Now, as we both know, Jeremy is not a fan of the pressure stat. And in some regards, I can agree with him, but the difference, and it was very obvious, is A.J. Epinesa's pressures forced issues, whether it was interceptions, whether it was batted passes, whether it was just off-the-target passes. They made You can go back to just about every one of his pressure, and even, even so, some of his pressures led to other sacks for other guys. Right. So. It, it made a big difference. It was obvious. You didn't have to rewatch the film to see it, but as you as you stated, yeah. it, it did. Well, one of the things that um, I want to add is I feel like now the the Bills have another pass rush threat, at least one other one. Uh, now with Hughes, it wasn't that his pressures, just the fact that he had them didn't matter. It was more the fact that it was Hughes and... Exactly. <laughs> so if you get pressures and don't finish, like it's, there's no other guys there to like take advantage of that for you. So because of that, I don't think a lot of people give Hughes the credit he uh, he deserved because of it. But now that we've got um, Epinesa, Russo, um, Zimmer to an extent doing okay rushing the passer, I think it shows a lot more. Yeah, we certainly have a stable. Uh, there's no. There's no shortness of quality or quantity. Herm, 
there's plenty else to cherry pick from regarding uh, the Bills' defense. What is something that stuck out to you last week? They, just the fact that team defense was ferocious. They, they seemed as if uh, I read something with Micah Hyde that they were up and ready for the game. Obviously, we didn't want to go down 0-2. But from the opening play defensively in every situation that the defense was put into where it was in red zone, third down plays, uh, as Evan just got done talking about, they had, they were comparing, in fact, Epinesa and Hughes about pressuring without finishing, but every one of his pressures, I think, is, as you just said, created something on defense. It made it happen. And, Russo, I think, was a beneficiary with one of uh, one of his sacks, and and also Epinesa. That was it for Tua. Took him out of the game with that hit. He got rid of the ball, but he finished the play. He didn't he didn't get the sack, but obviously it was a big play because that was Tua's last last series. And on fourth overall, down as well. Yeah, exactly. And overall, the defense, uh, the secondary, they were very. We were impressive. For me, that's the second game in a row. Our defense was super impressive, and it reminds me of our defense a couple of years ago when the defense was the – they were our savior in many, many games and, and kept us in games. But this is great right here early in the year. I like this right now because we came on late last year. But coming out of the gate, the first two games, the Pittsburgh game, we've only given up one touchdown in two games. Uh, the block punt was the other touchdown in that Pittsburgh game. And then you put up the, the shutout. I was hoping with about nine minutes left in the game, I was uh, someone I was watching the game would tell me I was getting greedy. I said, "No, they've earned the shutout. The, the defense did. really did earn the shutout, yeah. and I'm glad they got it." So that's my my take on 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 yeah. the Buffalo defense last week. They were very impressive. It was definitely a team effort. A uh, couple of other guys I'd like to shout out: Matt Milano, who's currently rated as the best linebacker. Uh, according to PFF, the guy's flying all over the field. Uh, he's a playmaker. He He's going to earn a Pro Bowl one way or another one of these years as long as he can stay healthy. Right. And another big shout-out to Taron Johnson. Uh, he's playing what I like to say is the linchpin of the defense, that, that nickel corner. He's been a stud. He, he's, he's tackling. He's, he's all over the field. So all around great, great defensive performance. Let's move on to one of our weaknesses in week one, which was the offensive line. Now, clearly we went over it. It's been talked to death. There's a lot of guys who had some putrid games. John Feliciano, um, number one on that list. Uh, but, Herm, what do you think? Uh, do you, do you find, did you feel like the offensive line bounced back from uh, that week one performance? Well, they improved. Pittsburgh's defensive line was obviously a better defensive line in terms of putting pressure on our quarterback than Miami's was. But our O-line, looking at statistics, still allowed 12 pressures, one sack. And Josh had to move around. He had to move around a little bit more than he would like. But they did improve. The running game, we gained uh, – Right out the gate, our first touchdown was a the blocking scheme on that one was outstanding, which allowed Singletary to to run the 46-yard touchdown. So, and the running game did. We went 
145, I think a total of 145 yards, including some of Josh's runs. But between Singletary and Moss near the goal t- the goal line, I think the offensive line improved. I hope, uh, I hope that moving into the Washington game that they can continue their progress because I think they definitely were better than they were against Pittsburgh. But then again, uh, Miami's line was not the Steelers' line, and we we have another tough line coming up here next week. Great points. Evan, anything you'd like to add to the offensive line performance last week? Uh, I think Herm pretty much touched on everything. What I do want to add is that I felt that Dawkins looked a lot better last week. Again, you know, Miami's D-line is not uh, the Pittsburgh D-line, but he did look overall a lot better. Like he looked like he was in proper football shape. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to question people's like work ethic or, the, the kind of game shape they're in as, as athletes, uh, especially pro athletes, but he just looked overall a lot better, which is obviously good because he's recovering from COVID and all that. And um, so hopefully he can, can sustain this type of play because I don't think there was much trouble coming from uh, the very far left side of the line. It was mostly again on the interior where there was issues pass blocking as there always seems to be. Yeah, great points. Uh, I thought he had a much improved game. I think everyone overall played better. I thought Cody Ford was uh, was just as good as he was the previous game. Um, I really like what he brings to the, the run blocking aspect. Moving on, and we can just touch it briefly because both of you guys said it, uh, the, the run game, it was successful. Uh, obviously, those... That 46-yard run padded the stats, but what I like to see specifically from Zach Moss is that he was a legitimate red zone threat uh, running the ball. We we didn't really need to rely on Josh Allen, although you know he was close to picking up that one touchdown. He slid a little early. It was great to see those two hard runs by Zach Moss, mm-hmm. one to the outside where he really – he, he initiated the contact on both of them, um, but he showed great contact balance. And after he was hit, he was able to gain more yards and uh, ultimately score the touchdown. Um, before we get on to our next opponent, the big elephant in the room, uh, Alan Struggles. Clearly, uh, it's, uh, it's been a hot debate. The man makes a lot of money. There's a lot of pressure on him, whether it's external or internal. And he kind of shared that with the world, um, you know, talking about how he puts a little too much pressure on himself. Uh, Evan, I know you have a strong opinion in this regards. Uh, just uh, speak on what you feel. If First of all, do you think that this is going to impact Allen throughout the year, or is this something, you know, like rust, or is he going to work his way out of it? I think you're referencing the whole comments I've made about, uh, like, the whole salary being like, oh, that's not an excuse kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm under the opinion that, um, like, there's been a lot of Bills fans talking about, like, oh, you know, Pittsburgh's got a really good defense and Miami's got a really good defense, so you can't fault them for, you know, struggling against those teams. Um, I happen to hold the opinion that, especially when you're paying a guy, you know, the most guaranteed money in NFL history, I believe. I could be wrong. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, Correct. Like, you don't, you're not paying him that money 
to be like, oh, I can get by against uh, those defenses. You're paying him for the purpose of, hey, this guy's so good that he can go above and beyond against these types of defenses. So giving Josh the excuse of, oh, the defenses were hard, I don't particularly agree with. Um, granted, you know, I'm not going to say that uh, quarterbacks who make that much money can't have bad games from time to time. And it is just a sam- small sample size of two games. That's just that one excuse that I'm not a fan of. Um, now, when it comes to Josh's actual play uh, in last game, I felt that it definitely could have been a lot worse than it was. I know a lot of people don't like to talk about like dropped interceptions and stuff like that because the common thing is like, oh, well, was it an interception or not? Well, if it's not an interception, then it's just not. Um, well, if you go, you know, if you go watch film and go on a play-by-play basis, uh, just because a defender might have stone hands does not mean that the throw was any better or any worse. Exactly. Uh, it still makes it a bad throw. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And by my count, uh, Allen could have had, if if uh, Miami's defenders were great at catching the ball, uh, he could have easily had another three interceptions, I, I counted. And, like, that's just something that you're not going to be able to get away with every week, especially if, you know. Although, having said that, it's just amazing he's able to get away with three dropped interceptions and then still the Bills still win 35 to nothing. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know what, let's do just a hypothetical or just a thought experiment where they pick off all three of those, and I honestly believe that the Bills could, still could have won, which is kind of hilarious. But 35, 17. But, well, it would probably be like it'd probably 28. Be less points on the Bills. It would probably yeah. be like, I don't know, like yeah. 24 to 14 or something. But still, like, you know, you like being able to consistently have a 35 to nothing type of game when your defense plays that well uh, with a quarterback like Allen. Yeah. You bring up good points and I don't think anyone can argue with it. If you're looking at it objectively, I do understand where, uh, people may be coming from as far as, you know, it's week two, but that doesn't excuse the play. Neither does the opponent. Like you said, making that much money. That's why you get that money is to perform well against the top, uh, echelon of the league. Herm, do you think that this is something that we're going to be – obviously, we're going to be talking about it all season long regardless of his play, but do you think this is something that he's going to work himself out as the season progresses? Well, obviously, from an optimistic standpoint, I hope he does for us Bills fans. But as Evan said, I'm, I, my opinion, as I told you earlier, watching the game with some other Bills fans, they told me I was greedy – I felt if Josh had played better, we could have put up 50 points and should have put up 50 points in the game. I guess Evan made the good point because the three potential interceptions that were dropped, and you're correct in that regard, on just bad throws, some bad decisions. But I've heard, okay, he's playing in front of fans. He played in empty stadiums last year. That's That's football. He's also reverting back to 2019 form in terms of his footwork. And, and we see some of the overthrows, some of the misses that he's uh, – that, that obviously last year he was making those throws. So I hope 
that he reversed back to his form. I, I felt coming into the year, I think um, I was very confident that he could, he could repeat the performance he had last year, maybe not to the extent of some of the games he had, but you have uh, another receiver, another weapon. Our young guys, the other young receivers are playing well. Davis, McKenzie's there, but you Beasley and Diggs. Diggs is going to get a lot of attention, so that was something else I read this week that he hasn't been able to come away from Diggs and go to your other receivers as much as you should be because that naturally after the rapport that he had with Diggs last year, Teams are, are going to be doubling up on him probably every game we play, and we like to throw the ball. So I'm I'm hoping his first two games are aberrations, and I'm optimistic that he can get back, especially now Washington. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think two games is a little too early, and I think it's obvious that a lot of the pressure he's putting on himself and he's pressing, um, I think – Last week one, he was putting a little too much mustard on the ball. He was overthrowing. And then you mm-hmm. saw the exact overcompensation of him trying to fit balls in and aiming. Like I remember as a baseball player, as a pitcher, don't aim the ball when you're throwing, you know, and that, that those right. two specific throws that at well, two out of three that Evan mentioned, they were, they were normal. They were passes where if he, fired them in there, they wouldn't have been close to being intercepted. Instead, he kind of just floated it out to Diggs and floated it out to McKenzie. So this is obviously something we'll monitor, um, but I think you guys bring up great points. But now getting into the meat and potatoes of the show, the Washington football team. I have a feeling we're not going to be saying that for too much longer. I I don't know what direction they're going to go in. Um, I always thought it should be the Washington, D.C. Crooks. I think that would be fitting. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where where they take us. Uh, so, just to kind of set the table, this is their first away game. Uh, I think that should be of note. They have a ten day rest. Um, we're going to be facing the same thing next week. Houston uh, is coming off the Thursday night game. Overall, their stats and rankings is very middle to lower end of the pack. Their offense scoring 23 points a game. That's 16th overall. Um, they have a 30.4 percentage on third down, which is dead last in the league. Uh, they're averaging 330 yards per game, which is 22nd, and then 126 on the on the ground, which is 20th. 226 yards passing, which is 24th. So offensively, very below average um, team which makes sense given that they have Heineke uh, starting at quarterback and, you know, Fitzpatrick started off, although he didn't play very much moving on to the defensive uh, stats, 24, 24.5 points per game, which is 16th in the league. They're giving up 407 yards total, 127 on the, on the ground, which is 23rd, 291 um, in the air. So overall, it really seems like, the defense is kind of underperforming. Um, it's still early. Uh, they played decent teams. Uh, I mean, you know, they weren't playing world beaters, but uh, a Herbert in, in week one and then uh, Daniel Jones, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I don't think that the, 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 the Giants are a great team, but, you know, they, they can put up some points. So 
you know, overall it's, this is a, this is a team that should be a little bit better on defense, which brings me into their defensive line. Evan, what in your opinion think makes this defensive line so good? Um, probably just the, uh, the mix of style of uh, pass rush they have because you have a, a different, a mixture of like power, speed, finesse, uh, and then you have uh, other or guys that have certain strengths, and uh, they all sort of like mesh very well together. Um, like when you think about it, like let's just say like last year, um, I'd say probably the Redskins or the sorry the football teams. Um, I'm still <laughs> not used happen. to it. I'm still gonna not happen. used to it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'd say probably the football team's fifth best uh, defensive lineman was better than the Bills' second last year. Because you basically, because with the Bills, you had Hughes and then Hughes. That's it, really. Um, but, you know, with uh, Washington, you got uh, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, and then uh, Matt Ioannidis. That's how you pronounce his name. I can't remember. But yes. Um, uh, but yeah, like I said, they, they all have a Sweat in particular, very fast. Uh, Chase Young can use all different types of power speed technique everything against you and then drawn Payne's a very good run stuffer and then jonathan allen is uh definitely so far this year has been one of the uh best pass rushing uh defensive tackles in the league so yeah and it's to know i'm sure everyone who's listening knows this already they have four first round draft picks um starting on that defensive line and they certainly play like it Herm, is there anyone in particular on that defensive line that sticks out to you and maybe might cause a thorn in Buffalo's side matchup-wise? Well, right there in the middle, uh, Allen, uh, he's got he's leading the team with sacks. He's got three sacks. As Evan said, he's a monster right there in the middle, and our offensive line has had problems with pressure pushing up the middle, which is collapsing the pocket. And on the outside, as he said, with the mix that they have, because you have Montez, Montez Sweat and Chase. Montez Sweat has a, he's a sack in each game this year, so he's got two. Chase Young doesn't have any, and he's hungry. So on the other edge, their edge rushers are outstanding, and you have this monster in the middle with Allen. And our offensive line has been, in the first two games, we've given, we've, we've given up allowed pressure to come up the middle, which has forced Josh to move around a little bit more than he would like it on uh, us as Bills fans to watch as well. So it's going to be uh, a challenge for uh, Deion Dawkins and Williams, especially with the edge rushers, but come Mitch Morris, those guys right up the middle, you got that, you got the, you got that big guy coming out of there out of Alabama and he's got three sacks as Evan said, in as a defensive tackle three game, two games into the season. So that's what I think that's the most concerning thing to me about their defense right now. And our line is improved as we talked about earlier, but hopefully we can hold it down a little bit and give Josh a little bit more time. Yeah. I believe that uh, John, Jonathan Allen is going to be, he's going to, he's going to play a similar, similar role that uh, Cam did week one. And if we don't have answers, whether that's – I mean, I, I don't expect them to block him one-on-one. If they don't have answers uh, schematically, 
that is something to worry about. And if then again, if we are double teaming him or, or adding extra protection, those other guys on the outside, Montez right. Sweat. I mean, Chase Young gets a lot of lot of hype, but Sweat I think is is a better player overall, all around. Um, yeah. But that's yeah. you know that's not saying you're talented. You know, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really it's talented. pick your poison at that point. And the, to add it to add insult to injury, this team likes a blitz. Now we'll see. Are they going to take a, a page out of the Steelers book and just try to go for four man and uh, play coverage, which has seems to be uh, Allen's Achilles heels thus far this season. Right. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, but it's definitely, you know, luckily we're catching them early in the season where they, they haven't seemed to be playing up to their uh, draft status or so to speak. Uh, but moving on to the offensive lot or offensive side of the ball for the, the Washington football team, a little guy, Tyler Heineke. Um, it's funny that he's filling in for Fitz. Or sorry, Taylor. You're right, Taylor. Um, it's funny that he fills in for Fitz because he has that kind of moxie, that aura, the Doug Flutie esque. You know, a guy who who he's under pressure, but he 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 finds a way to fit balls in. He's very athletic. How is a guy like this, someone out of Old Dominion, uh, undrafted free agent, XFL player, or uh, how does someone like him find success in the league, Evan? Uh, just taking um, advantage of all the opportunities he get. You know, um, last year he started in the the playoff game, and he did. Even though they lost, he was absolutely phenomenal. And sometimes it's just people not expecting much. So uh, defenses sometimes just sort of let their guard down and you can exploit that. Now, you know, he's not going to, you know, stabilize out on that very, very top end, I don't think. But, you know, he can be a very solid quarterback if he just, you know, it's one of those things like we talked about with, um, with Josh Allen where it's like if you regress – that doesn't mean you're bad now. It just means you're not as good from when you were either good or great, which means you could still be good or great. So I think someone like Heineke, you know, yeah, like I said, he's got, he's gotten his couple chances. He's been great. He could stabilize at a, at a solid quarterback, I think, and good for him for uh, taking advantage of those uh, opportunities. Yeah. You bring up great points. Uh, He's gritty. He he seems to never let the moment get too much of him. Herm, anything that you've seen while watching this kid play? Well, in the playoff game against the Bucks, which their defense was outstanding, he was outstanding, and he surprised everyone. But Evan made a good point. He may have snuck up on – people weren't aware. There was no scouting report on him, obviously. He was playing, uh, filling in in that particular game. And last week uh, against the Giants, he threw the ball really well. He's athletic. I read some things earlier this week that he's put on 15 pounds of muscle. So he's stronger, which allows him to take some hits. He doesn't want to run. I read, I was reading a thing about him. He doesn't want to run, but he will as necessary. As you said, he is very athletic. I give him his Props because he hung in. He's played for a few teams, the XFL. And 
he's uh, really we can't take him for granted. I looked at some of his stats earlier, and he has the seventh best completion rating in the league right now at about seventy four percent. His completion yards are over ten yards per per completion, and he's also his his uh, QBR is he's eleventh in the league. So he's got better QBR than Josh right now. He came in. Fitz got hurt early in that first game against the Chargers, but he came in and he did a respectable job of coming in off the bench. And then you had the opportunity to prepare against the Giants, and he he shredded that defense. He threw for over three hundred yards. So it's not something he's no just because he's Heineke and he was a backup. We can't take him for granted because he's shown he can play and he's hungry. As Evan said, yeah, he has an opportunity, and he's seizing it right now to prove to the league that he can play. I'm glad he brought up those stats because you're right. I mean, his completion percentage is higher than Allen's. His yeah. QBR is higher than Allen's. Yeah. There's if if there's one thing that I that that is telling, is that his completion percentage takes a nosedive under pressure at 58. Yeah. percent So clearly, the key to um, affecting his play is going to be getting pressure on him, whether that's blitz or just overall, you know, just, just winning at the point of attack, which, you know, off their offensive line, isn't great. It's not the worst. They, they're, they are a little vulnerable on the edges. So I think a game plan that we saw versus Miami, I think just fits perfectly uh, going against a kid like him, you know, unlike Tua, when he holds onto the ball, he makes plays. So he has a little bit more Josh Allen in him in that aspect where Tua, you get him off his first read and we saw what happens. This guy, he knows how to uh, improv and make something out of nothing. So I think the key is to really just, just, just blitz this guy, get some pressure on him. Um, don't, don't let him be comfortable and don't let him go off script. Uh, right. But moving on, moving on to some more, some dynamic uh, weapons in this offense, you got three of them. And uh, I'll start with the the obvious one, probably the the big name of this offense, and that's Terry McLaurin. Um, he's a guy who I know a lot of Bills fans wanted Buffalo to draft when he came out. Uh, he he he's really got it all. He's got speed. Uh, he's he's got a little digs in him when he as far as going up and getting the ball, securing it. He's really good at the point of attack. Um, he is somebody that is a great route runner. He's got those ball skills, and he's just the overall complete um, number one wide receiver. And it's going to be interesting to see if Trey White uh, follows this guy around. I know it looks like Levi Wallace is trending to be play to play. So I think if he plays, then they'll be a little more comfortable, uh, you know, letting both those corners stay on their edges. Uh, but overall, solid guy, Evan. If you could, uh, you know, either walk us through uh, uh, Gibson for us. Uh, Gibson is just a really good overall solid running back that is basically going to be the thorn in the side of most teams that play. Like he'll, he's sort of like that guy where even though everyone sort of knows he's good, he'll still find a way to like sneak up on you in a sense. Um, because, you know, when you have a guy like Terry McLaurin in that offense, uh, people are going to be talking about him, even though I think he's still incredibly... He, he, I think he's going to be that... McLaurin's going to be that guy, I think, by next year, 
where if you were to ask the question, who's the most underrated receiver in the league? Uh, you're not going to be able to say uh, McLaurin anymore because the answer to that question is always going to be McLaurin. So now he's like properly rated, if that makes any sense. Um, honestly, Gibson could be the answer. Or, or I guess if you asked most underrated running back, Gibson could be the answer to that question. Um, but yeah, I think he's just a guy that sneaks up on you. And I hope that the Bills don't become overly focused on uh, on McLaurin that they forget that Washington can have a very good running game as well. Yeah, he he's a an explosive running back who can also catch the ball. So that's, I mean, they got two guys out of the backfield who can really catch the ball. Um, and that's something where I'm, as the weeks go on, I'm a little less worried about, but that was always a big concern for me. I'm just happy that these linebackers and safeties are are up to the challenge. Now, Herm, I'm going to let you go off on a guy that's familiar to a lot of Bills fans. Uh, he just got a big payday, uh, and he's a good story. Uh, Logan Thomas. What do you what What do you got on Logan Thomas? Well, he's a, a quality tight end, and tight ends have hurt us. And we can go back to the championship game with with uh, with Kansas City, and just Jacecki last week in the Dolphin game. So uh, watching the game last week against the Giants, Heineke hit him on, I think, on a few third downs or even the, there was a couple situations where they were in uh, second and 24. They had a penalty and he hit him for 15 to pick it up and or he hit him a couple times and made short yard situation, short yardage situation. But we have to. We definitely have to concentrate on him. I mean, as as you both have said, McLaurin is his number one target. He he threw the ball to him and in that giant game. I think there was there was one series he went to him maybe three on one of their drives. He went to him four or five times in the drive. And but he hit Logan Thomas when he when he needed some yardage down the middle in the seam. And so he's someone that our defense has to just be super conscious because we've had difficulty covering tight ends. I want to say historically, but especially last year and uh, last week against Miami, uh, even, even though we blew them out, they moved up and down. They moved up and that they were in that red zone. If you remember the defense held them off, but to made some nice catches and uh, it's, we, we have to make some plays and take him out of the game. So that's, that's yeah. And it's just ironic that uh, both starting tight ends were former quarterbacks uh, in college and in high school. So that's a fun fact. Good for him. Uh, another guy I'd like to shout out real quick, uh, Jared Patterson for making the team. Uh, UB alum, good for him. Yeah, uh, right. We'll see if he, if he suits up. Uh, quickly, we'll just go over injuries. There's not much to talk about. Uh, both teams look pretty healthy. Obviously, Curtis Samuels, who was a big addition to the Washington football team, uh, has yet to play game for them. He'll be out again. Uh, questionable, as uh, Evan mentioned earlier, Matt Ioannidis. And on the Buffalo front, we have uh, Dane Jackson is questionable. And Levi Wallace is questionable. It looks like that they're both trending to play in this game. It is a little concerning to see two cornerbacks are uh, listed right. as questionable. Um, I know I was listening to the radio, and I think Saran Neal wasn't at practice either. So something to keep a uh, and, and and also they they worked out some defensive backs. So 
It wouldn't shock me if they activated an extra one for this game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cam Lewis probably bring him up a little. Probably, bring I would up. say, yeah. All right. So now that we got that out of the way, we'll start talk matchups. Um, we'll just give you know. I'll start with you, Evan. You can uh, pick a matchup that intrigues you, whether it's a player on player or a position group versus another unit. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Taylor Heineke's passes against uh, the Bills linebackers, and particularly Tremaine Edmonds, AJ Klein, not Matt Milano because Milano is good, good in coverage. Uh, but I feel like Heineke's the guy, uh, the kind of quarterback that can zip, just zip it in there. Um, when it, and when it comes to uh, playing different zones, you know, Edmonds and Klein haven't really shown that they can be great in zone coverage. So I think that especially if guys like Thomas um, can uh, just stop in their zones, they can just, he can just throw for like 10 to 15 yard passes, those intermediate types and uh, pick the defense apart. So hopefully they can, uh, Frazier can drop some plays where uh, they can get Milano in there to, to basically help against their top targets. Um, especially if, it's clear uh, that one of that one of Edmonds or Klein is uh, is going to struggle earlier on. Of course, you know since they mostly play just two linebackers, um, if Klein struggles, they can just take him out and just leave Milano in. But I just hope that you know on some plays where you know because Milano, we might need a break for a couple plays or something like that. I just hope there's not that one play where it's like, oh no, here we go again. That linebacker not good in coverage. He's got to give up that big play a game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And especially with um, the pass catching ability of both their running backs, that's, that's something that they're going to be tested. And yep. it's not Milano can't cover Thomas and said running backs at the same time. So uh, moving on to you, Herm, what, what matchups you looking forward to? Well, mine, I've thought about it. It's uh, Deion Dawkins and Williams against Sweat and Young. Their edge rushers would say flip flop, so they both both of our tackles could see either one of them in any on any given situation, and they move young sometimes a little bit. They'll stand him up as like a, a linebacker, and but he gets to move around a lot. I guess it comes back to our conversation about the offensive line, and I feel Chase Young is uh, I would use the term thirsty because he hasn't had a sack this season, and you made a comment earlier that. You may you may think that Sweat is better than he is, and I think that's kind of like a little vibe around the league. So obviously, as the number two draft pick, uh, I'm sure from a competitor standpoint, and he is. I watched an interview with him actually earlier, and the defense as a whole hasn't played up to their expectations. So our offensive line hasn't been stout, but we need our tackles to play well. You're going to get pressure up the middle, so I don't know. He's been getting chipped a lot. So I don't know if that's our part of our offensive game plan as well, to have the running backs chip on a little bit to slow them down. But I'm concerned about Dawkins and Williams uh, controlling or doing the best they can to keep them off of Josh and give them give a, a, a moderate amount of time. I don't know what term I want to use to get rid of the ball and make some plays downfield. Yeah, I mean, that that clearly is the one that sticks out on paper for sure. Now, what I'm going to go with is going to be Cole Be Beasley versus Fuller. Um, 
Fuller gets kicked inside a lot when St. Juice comes on the field, which I noticed as games have gone on, he's gotten more run. I think Fuller is the weakest of the three. I think uh, um, Jackson is phenomenal, although he didn't play his best game last week. Um, they're all guys who, if they decide to go man, they, they can run with pretty much anyone. That being said, we've seen Colt Beasley beat just about anyone um, who's been put in front of him. And I think with Allen's struggles, I think what they're going to try to go back to is getting him in a rhythm, and that's going to be a lot of those whip routes, short crossers, just to get things going. And that spells, to me, a big game for Cole Beasley. So that that's a matchup I'm looking forward to, um, and I think it's something that we can definitely exploit on Sunday. Uh, keys to victory, gentlemen. Give me one offense, Herm. Key to victory is Josh playing well. He, if he plays, we took he, we keep talking about the the big paycheck, and as a competitor, one thing we all know that he is a, a, a highly highly competitive individual. But if he plays a lot better, I'm not gonna I can't I'm not gonna put a ceiling on his his performance level. But if he plays a lot better than he has played the first two games, I think we can win this game handily because I feel uh, our defense is, is uh, going to rise up to the occasion again, but we need him to just uh, be a better Josh Allen than he's been the first two games. Well said, Evan offensive key to victory. I would say the offensive lines ability to contain the interior rush is going to be a big deal because I think um, they're going to chip and, uh, use double team blocks trying to contain Young and Sweat on the outside, and that's going to leave guys matched up one on one in the interior. So I think, based on how well they play, is going to determine um, how well the Bills play on offense. Now I'm going to go with uh, something that might be a little controversial, but I'm going to say Dawson Knox in the middle of this uh, Redskins defense. I think there's a lot of yards to be had. <laughs> I think there's a lot of yards to be had. Um, he's He's been quiet. He he's kind of reminds me of an offensive lineman. You don't hear a lot about him, and that's a good thing for Dawson Knox because he has a lot of detractors. I'm not one of them. I think this is going to be a game where he's going to get the opportunity to make a lot of plays. He's going to get targets because, like I said, they have quality safeties, but – they're not guys who can run in coverage. Uh, Dawson Knox is a phenomenal athlete. Their linebackers are bad. Um, I wouldn't even call them suspect. I think they're they're one of the worst uh, linebacker units in the league. So I'd like to see what we can do in the middle, and I think this is Dawson Knox's game to step up and fill that void. Moving on to the defense, um, Herm, what is a key to victory defensively? Well, we got the matchup, as you talked about, with Trey and McLaurin because that's Heineke's favorite receiver, without question, so far in the the game in two-thirds or three-quarters that he's played so far. And Trey, actually, in 2019, McLaurin, I think I had my stats here, had four catches for 39 yards with Trey shadowing him pretty much over the field, on the field. That's the last time they had, we've actually they competed against one another. 
So that one right now, if you take him out of the equation and, and you force him, you have Logan Thomas, you have Gibson. But I think if you can do that, plus he's going to look for him first before he goes through his progressions. And that gives the defense an opportunity to get some some sacks. So I like the it's 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 probably one of the easier ones, but I like Trey uh, Trey against McLaurin. I like that matchup. Very good, Evan. Uh, key to victory for the defense. Um, I think it's probably going to be uh, watching, uh, seeing what Epinesa can do in his follow-up game to uh, facing. Um, Frankly, you know, over the course of his career, he's Austin Jackson's been terrible so far. Um, you know, the the Redskins have a better offensive line than Miami. Uh, it's not anything fantastic, but it's definitely it's definitely better. Um, so I think that uh, watching to see what Epinesa and Rousseau what they can do against a line like this is going to um, dictate, you know, what the secondary can do as well. So I'm watching for that. Yeah, their their tackles definitely uh, leave a lot to be desired. Uh, Sheriff is a great uh, guard, yeah. um, one of the best. But, league. yeah, yeah. Um, but the rest of them are are no world beaters. That's for sure. For me, the defensive key to victory is going to be forcing third downs. Uh, this team is, I believe, dead last in uh, conversions on third down. Uh, so keeping them in third and anything over five, I think is going to be a recipe for success, which last year was not a strong suit for this bill's defense, but you know, it's a whole, it's funny because they return just about everybody aside from, you know, the obvious draft picks and Obata, but they've just they they've been performing the way we expected them to perform last year so i think a lot of those stats can kind of go out the window and i think we can continue being good on third down forcing a lot of fourth downs and i mean we've been arguably better on fourth down as a defense so that's what i think a key to def- uh key to victory on defense now let's move on to our game predictions uh Herm, lead us off with uh, your score prediction and why you think it's going to come out that way. Well, I have this game at 27. I've been I've gone with 31 points per game. I've I picked 31 for the first two games both times. We put up 35 last time. A lot of that was influenced by the defense. But I think the score will be 27 to 13, Buffalo. And I think Josh will play better. Our defense, I think, will – uh, Heineke, we've had an opportunity to see some tape, um, and I think the defense will rise up again. They're they're playing at a very very high level, and I uh, I expect them to continue that. Solid prediction, Evan. How about you? Uh, I'm going to go 24 to 14. Just going to be a lower, relatively lower scoring game, um, just because both the defenses are so good. And but I do think that Josh is going to play better. He's just going to play a lot more efficient. So they're not going to put up 35 points again. Um, now I realize I just picked them to win by 10, but I think the spread this week is like what is it nine and a half? I want to say the last time I checked, it was nine and a half, but I know it's been moving around. Yeah, it's gone. yeah nine it's, and a half is frankly like embarrassing in by terms yeah. of like Washington because yeah. they're they're you know I wouldn't call them a top team or anything like that, but it's it's lower to six too and much. a half. 
slower yeah. than six and a half. <laughs> oh, it is? Okay. Um, yeah, oh, which is reasonable. Yeah, yeah well, that's yeah, definitely probably. a lot more reasonable. Because, yeah, yeah, nine and a half to, that to was a big uh, Washington. Yeah. Oh, wait. That's, hold that's on. Too, hold on. Never mind. That was versus the Steelers. Oh, okay. So <laughs> it's still, so it's still embarrassing. It's seven. It's seven. So oh, oh, seven because, yeah, it was eight and a half earlier in the week. Then it went to nine and a half. Yeah. So, but there's probably money seven, coming in. Seven is know. fair. I mean, what you get spotted three points. Yeah, because they're home or whatever. For right? home, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's still, like I, I, I think I that know what you mean. People are lower on Washington than they should be. Yeah, I, I'm so. Normally, I'm the opposite. I start off optimistic during the week, and the more I dig into the other team, the more I try. I end up like giving them every little bit of credit that, you know, maybe yeah. they deserve, but, but I, I usually end up getting less and less confident as we get closer and closer to Same. the game. I would agree. But this week it was the opposite. You know, I was thinking at the beginning of the week, like I did not like this matchup against uh, versus their defense, but the, you know, watching both their games, I've just gotten a little bit more confident. So I was originally going to go with something like 27 to 16, you know, let they 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 would drive the ball down the field, Washington, but kick a lot of field goals, goals. But for whatever reason, this morning I woke up 31-20 Bills. I think they're gonna right. beat them pretty badly, and I think that last touchdown uh, or that to to get to twenty is gonna be in garbage time. So I don't really think it's gonna be that close. I don't know. Normally that's not the way I feel. I I usually think games are gonna be a little bit closer, but I, you know, I just. I just think Josh is going to, you know, like you said, Herm, if he plays better, there's no reason why the Bills shouldn't be blowing out teams of this caliber the way they did at the end of last season. So now moving on to the five-day forecast, uh, just recapping last week, man, we were all in lockstep. We were three for five, all uh, all three of us, which brings our total to eight to 15, uh, eight out of 15. So we're a, sh- a hair over 500. You need to come um, up with more divisive questions here. I know. I know. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try to uh, think outside the box going forward. All right. All right. This one probably not, but <laughs> but uh, for Monday, uh, four or more sacks on the defense or for the for the Bills defense. Evan, what do you think? I'm going to say, I'll Sunny for that. Okay. I'm gonna say exactly four. It's a good, it's a nice, nice number. Herm, yeah. what do you think? I'm going sunny with that as well. Uh, All right. I'm, high, I'm really high on our deep right about now. Yeah, I mean, I would like to be divisive, but I, I, <laughs> I uh, with a young quarterback, and I can't see us not blitzing. I mean, it hasn't been great to watch this defense. Uh, Leslie Frazier just send pressure from everywhere. Oh, it's been wonderful. It's awesome. I mean, it's made it's, the game easier to watch. Believe me, it's just great. I mean, you to start off the the game with a the sack like they did That's was right. just was awesome. Uh, so I'm going to say clear just because young quarterbacks versus Sean Mc, D, D, uh, Sean McDermott led defenses they generally don't do well. Uh, McLaurin held without a touchdown. What do you think, Evan? Uh, I think he's going to get one of those touchdowns where he just sort of finds a spot in the defense and just someone just kind of you know forgets not even forgets to cover him but maybe they get like confused or something like that so i could see regardless of whether it's in garbage time or not i could see him getting a touchdown so um sorry was it was it uh cloudy cloudy okay cloudy, <laughs> yeah. yeah 
<laughs> All right, Herm, what do you think? So it's will he not get a touchdown? Yeah, is he held without a touchdown? Will he be held? Oh, Sonny. Sonny. I don't oh, think he's okay. getting a touchdown here. Yeah, he's something different. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, there's no in between for me, but I am going to agree with uh, Herm. I just think number number numbers wise, it kind of it goes into our favor to say he's not. Although he is their best playmaker, you know, mm-hmm. it's all analytics at that point. So I'm going to go with Sonny. At least two screen passes by the Buffalo Bills. What do you think, Evan? I'm going Sonny on that. Uh, screens are always good to counter blitzes. And with the team that blitzes a lot, I think they'll recognize that they need to run screens. So I – granted, okay, so – just calling the screen or like actually catching the screen <laughs> because our running backs have been very suspect to drops. So called, called screens, called screens. Okay. Yeah. I'll go sunny on that then. And that could be, that could be a wide receiver tight end. So yeah, you're, you're covered. It okay. doesn't need to be executed. Yeah. It just, yeah. it just needs to be. Uh, I like that. I, I just like to, I, I just like to, um, uh, be like, say I had like a, a, Dable's direct uh, phone line or something like that, yeah. and it's like I call him after the game, and be like, "Hey, can you call uh, uh, my buddy Travis here and just say like this screen, this play?" Even though there was like deep concepts, like crazy on the play, we just like an unorthodox screen or something like that. I just want to re- look really good on the pot on our podcast next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or for for your for your sake, it'll you you'll look good and you won't be here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will right. call it out. What do you think, Herm? Two screens uh, by the Bills. Oh, that's sunny because you you, you have pass rushers, and it, yeah. you're either going to slow them down or deceive them at at some point because they're going to be coming. So yeah, you're gonna you definitely have to throw some screen passes to the outside or I want to say a middle screen, but you still got Allen in there. But yeah, there's going to be screen. There's going to be more than two screen passes. Yeah, and it's something that we saw much more of last season, and we haven't seen really any of it this year. So I think with the matchup and just trying to get go back to what worked last year, I think we're going to see a lot of those screens, play action, um, things of those nature. So I'm going to go clear as well. All right, Beasley leads the Bills in targets. What do you think, Evan? I'm going to go sunny on that because, yeah, I think Washington's going to blitz a lot. And Beasley's the best target that the Bills have at getting open super quickly. And especially since he plays in the slot, the option's right there. And he's going to be going up against the slot corner and the linebackers. So he's going to be able to get open very quickly. Josh will be able to find him, hopefully. And, yeah, targets for sure, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Herm? Hello, I think that for Josh... To find his rhythm, he's gonna look for his man, who which yeah. is Diggs, yeah, to get back yeah, in the Jackson's, rhythm. Jackson's a hell of a corner. Jackson's a hell of a good matchup, but but Diggs is a hell of a receiver as well. Very and true. That's, that's Josh's. Uh, that's his security blanket, and I think yeah. he needs. Yeah, and that's been he's been taken away. But Diggs Diggs made a great catch on that ball, as you said earlier, Evan, in the Miami game. That ball was. 
was, it could have been a 50 should have 50 50 ball it wasn't 50 50 ball. yeah right <laughs> it was, Howard just wasn't it paying was attention a, it was a it was that's a very, right it was very deep down the field but if i were to say like oh it was a great throw or if someone were to say oh nah. what a great throw i would i wouldn't be like eh. it was nah, more of like nah. yeah i just f it and chuck it we were fortunate kinda. we were very yeah. fortunate in that play so no i i yeah i'm cloudy i'm cloudy on the beasley I, I like your, uh, you know, you, you bring up a good point. Uh, if he's going for his guy, he's sure certainly going to get the targets. But I'm with Evan on this one. I kind of alluded to it earlier. I think that that is going to be the game plan is to get in a rhythm. And Beasley always has these these moments where he's not there, he's not there, he's not there. And then one quarter he just goes off and he gets 10 receptions for 117 yards and a touchdown. So I, I think we're going to see that early on specifically let's just hope he doesn't disappear um in you know the second half or what have you and for friday uh let's finish off allen attempts less than 35 passes what do you think evan he had 33 last week by the way oh um i'd say probably i'm gonna go cloudy on that because i just think that uh i think they're gonna run a fair amount of screens and I think that even if they don't, uh, they're going to want to try the best they can to get Allen back in rhythm, especially against um, a secondary that's not quite as good as the ones they've played the last two weeks. So, Cloudy. which one was it? Cloudy? Cloudy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I can't um, remember. I can never which... remember. Even though it's been, it's like three seconds. I can never remember how you were the. Yeah, well, that's what, I'm, I'm going to rephrase this question. So. 35 or more you're saying less than 35 so if he hit 35 on the nose yeah what do we get to put if, he, if it's 30 if he, if he hits <laughs> cloudy. partly cloudy, with a chance partly cloudy. Balls. okay so. um, if it no no if it's if he hits 35 then um the then he's over yeah okay so right, basically so if you say clear he's got to throw 34 or less well i'm going cloudy He's going over 35. Yeah. I initially wanted to, to say that he would be under 35 passes, but I just think that – because I think with the production that we've seen in the run game, I think we're going to see more of that. Um, but that being said, this team runs a lot of plays. You know, we're, we're going to be expecting 70 – in the 70s – High 60s, 70s. So I even think with with 20 something runs, which we got called out on the post game show, the guy who brought up the the 20 20 rushes um, in the in the fan forecast last week, he was like, "You guys laughed at me, and look at that, they had 22." Like, well, we all we actually agreed with you, man. Yeah, <laughs> was it? Um, yeah, it was just it was just be, because he said Singletary himself, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Just had to shout him out there. Um, yeah. I'm gonna say cloudy. I think I think he will. You know, I don't think he'll hit four in the 40s, but I think high 30s. And you know, with that short passing game, um, right? We're gonna see it. Uh, but other than that, I think we covered everything. Um, closing thoughts, Evan. Um, we didn't touch on this back when we were talking about, or I guess I didn't get the chance to talk about it back when we were talking about the Miami game. And it's going to be weird to shut out a coach of a rival who you just beat 35 to nothing. Uh, 
But I do want to give a shout out to Brian Flores because let's just say I'm not a huge fan of, especially as an avid baseball watcher, baseball has a lot of these unwritten rules. You know, you can't, you can't uh, step on uh, the pitcher's mound when you're going out. You can't pimp a home run. You can't do all these things because it breaks some sort of unwritten code or whatever. Um, I appreciate that Flores, near the end of the game, it was 35 to nothing. I believe it was fourth and four, I want to say. And they were at the Dolphins with the Bills, like 30-some-odd yard line. I appreciate that he went for it and told his players, hey, if you don't want to be shut out, you got to earn it. Right. We're not, you're not right. going to get the easy way out. Jason Sanders is one of the best kickers in the league. He's probably going to make that field goal. I'm not going to let him save you. So I I appreciate him sort of like toughening up his players by doing that. I like that too. That's a yeah, that's a good one yeah. because you know he probably sent Sanders into uh, the locker room after the third quarter. He <laughs> said, "Listen, we don't need your services today." Uh, I like that. That was a good. That yeah. was a good one, Evan. Well, watching Her. the game with the people I was with, we that was a, a point of contention right there, Evan. Would they kick the field goal just to avoid a shutout? Yeah. And I'm with. I'm from that school of thought. No, man up, hit the four yards, and let's see if we can get in the end zone. So I agree. That was a that was a very good point. It was almost like saying you deserve to be blown out. You don't deserve to save face. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, exactly. Just, right. Like just to put some saying. points on the board. Yeah, you, you, you're yeah, you're going to lose, so we're going to score a field goal. Now. Mind you, we had backups in, too. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So if you're saying you can see against if backups. We if we can't make four yards, then we deserve yeah. to be shut out at that point. <laughs> Herm, closing, well, closing thoughts. Closing thoughts are that we're one and one. The Pittsburgh game was a disappointing game, and we're back. There, we're at home. So the home crowd, we need a win there. Uh, I, I think Josh wants to perform well at home. First, uh, second game with the with seventy two thousand are going to be in there, and we have an opportunity now to go two and one and continue moving forward. We took that loss in the first game, uh, and I think we need to get on a little bit of a roll here offensively and uh, catch up to the defense. I read something earlier this week in one of the publications that. It would be fantastic if the offense and the defense were both playing at a high level at the same time. And it hasn't happened for us in quite some time. You're right. It seems like uh, we're always waiting for that other shoe to drop, so yeah. to speak. And uh, we'll see if we can get it. I mean, the talent's there. I think the, the, the biggest thing that I can take away from the beginning of the season is in, in, in the wise words of Aaron Rodgers is relax. I, the, we know Josh Allen can play. I mean, there's no, I, I, I don't buy into the fans. I mean, listen, whether it affects him because I think if, if anything, stuff like that affects him because he gets a little too amped. I don't think he's nervous. This is, this is if you ever played professional sports, a lot of times that's just background noise. You don't, you're, you're not, you're not paying attention to that kind of stuff. So I just think that most Bill, Bills fans just need to relax a little bit because this is a guy who we know can make plays. We know he can do the things that, unfortunately, he he has not been able to do this season. Um, so when he finds his rhythm and he starts putting drives together, like we saw last year, I think what Herm brought up is you're going to see 
one hell of a football team who is just dominating on all, you know, special teams. They've been great already. Defense, they've been fantastic. And offense, we know what they're capable of. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm totally fine not having us clicking on all cylinders in the beginning of the season. You know, we can save that towards the end. I mean, we don't need to peak right now. I think last year we peaked a little too early and then we started getting banged up a bit. But I just think everyone just needs to relax a little bit, enjoy the ride. Last year, look at how great of a season we had. I was on pins and needles every single game. I had something to, to complain about. I was worried that they weren't going to perform. And we had one of the best seasons in, in Buffalo Bills history. So I think at the end of the day, you know, we can be objective, but just enjoy the football game. Um, other than that, guys, enjoy the weekend. And uh, we'll catch you next Friday. Go Bills. All right. Go, Go Bills. Bills.